Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Spilling the Tea on GovCon. I'm Teresa Moon, Director of Business Development for Parabolus. We provide a better financial partnership for government contractors that includes a line of credit to fund your growth. The purpose of this podcast is to assist small businesses with success in the federal marketplace by introducing them to industry experts and resources that they may not otherwise know about. Today's guest is my friend and an extraordinary human, Marsha Lindquist, strategic pricing guru and founder and president of Granite Leadership Strategies. Marsha and I have known each other for about a year now, and in that time, I have grown to admire her both professionally and personally, and I am so thrilled for you to join us today. Welcome, Marsha. Hey, thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, this thrills me because I followed you before I knew you. I listened to your words of wisdom on other people's programs. So the fact that I've been able to twist your arm and get you on here makes me really proud. But I have to imagine there are some people in my network and in our listenership that may not already know about you. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background in this industry, and the services provided at Granite Leadership Strategies. Well, let me give it brief because it's not about me. It's about what I want to bring to everybody. Government contracting for about 30 years. Strategic pricing is my game only for government contractors. And I've come from big aero, uh, uh, aerospace and defense contractors before I went to some small businesses and I love my small businesses. I love them uh, because we really get to do creative things with them. And they're open to learning and doing things new and different when it comes to pricing. So we do anything that touches money. That is um, strategic pricing, pricing, um, cost accounting, contracts, subcontracts, anything that has to do with federal regulatory compliance. Anything that, shall I say, makes you money, hampers your money, or gets you more money. That's what I'm all about. Well, hopefully everyone that's listening is all about all of those things as well. So it looks like you could be a one-stop shop for anyone that's paying attention right now, especially those who have already been engaging in the, in the federal marketplace. Um, so this is exactly why I had you on. It's often that the issues with the particular services that you provide, the resources aren't known. And so being able to connect that dot happens often for us. And, and we have participated in assisting clients that have worked with you. And imagine this, they're already in tune to what they need from us and we're not having to dictate the process. They know because of the guidance that you give them. So everyone needs to pay attention because I'm going to start asking questions, take some notes, and then we're going to make sure we provide you with all of Marsha's information so that you can follow up with her at some point as well. So let's dive right in. I know my, my audience is going to benefit from this. So in your book, which we're going to promote in a little while as well, your book is Secrets of Strategic Pricing for Government Contractors. You talk about what strategic pricing is. So what do you mean by that? So strategic pricing is really, shall I say, it, it's really putting a framework around everything that you're going to do for that particular bid. It involves putting together a pricing plan. It comes up with creative pricing, pricing solutions. Um, really talking about the roadmap that you have to put together, the, the, um, the opinions of your leadership, your business plan of your company, um, what are the various big decision points that you have to make that are long lead items? Do you need to go get financing from a, a Teresa Moon from Parabolus or do you need, do you have already internal financing? 
what is the early pricing architecture that you need to put together in order to make this bid that you must win a win? Um, and it takes together all of the various things, including being on in sync with the technical team, as well as interfacing with your outside bankers, uh, with your internal CFO organization, with your uh, people who do business development. And, and it entails, it's very far reaching, Teresa, and people don't understand this. They often mm -hmm. think that this is a cake mix. Well, we'll add some uh, numbers to this spreadsheet and we're done. That's not the way you win. Right. And I think that that's exactly why this conversation is important. Let's go a little bit further then into this. You okay. emphasize early pricing involvement in federal government bid preparation. When's the best time to start a price pricing in their proposal process? Well, the best time to start it is when you're starting to talk about, we sometimes refer to it as the capture state, or when you begin to put some, shall I say, thoughts to uh, the keyboard, if you will, with your business development team. That's when you bring in the pricing people. My clients know that they have to bring me in, not when the RFP shows up on their doorstep or when they get the, the idea that they're now going to bid something. It's before that. It's early on. It's sometimes I've been working on one right now for over a year. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not working on it constantly, but that's how early people need to begin because we have some very important long lead decision items to make. We had to prepare, you know, the, the business development team for a lot of very different aspects of the bid. Early on means during the capture stage, Teresa, that's the simple. Okay. Right. I mean, we do a lot of consulting from a similar perspective. I had a, a, a business partner early on in my career tell me when you are talking to your clients, you need to let them know that they need to engage with their partners early and often. And yep. people don't always understand what that means until it's too late. You can't, with any of your, your outsourced resources, you can't go to the table with your hair on fire because you're going to make bad decisions in that capacity. So you might pass over services or people that can do a better job because you just need to fill that role. Or you need to get that part of your, your process fulfilled. And I think I'd like to also you know, comment on the fact that you talk about the capture and business development teams getting involved that early with you. You know, we find a lot in the things that we consult people on that the capture and consulting teams don't always have a hand in everything that the RFP process entails, which on our side of things would be how much financing do they need to right. keep up with the work they're going to be performing at the highest level. So we, we encourage the same thing. So it's with all of your business partners, right. all of your external resources, you have to engage early and often or they can't give you what you're looking for from yeah. the highest level as well. Yeah. When people show up with an RFP under their arm and say, I, it's due in 30 days or worse, two weeks, I can't do anything creative with you really, or very little creative mm -hmm. with you because we don't have the lead time. We haven't laid down the groundwork that's necessary. Important decisions have to be made. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's, and time is of the essence with everything. So we know, we know what that looks like. So let's get in a little deeper here with, with this conversation. Okay. So many contractors think that all they have to work with on pricing are indirect rates and profits. So you highlight over two dozen pricing strategies within your book. So right. what are three key strategic pricing tools? You call them, uh, you know, they're inside of that toolbox 
Um, What are three strategic pricing tools you have beyond indirect rates and profit margins to work with? There are so many, like you're saying, there are over over two dozen in the book. And um, let's talk about a couple of these, okay? The most important one these days seems to be escalation. Um, I'm reading a lot of GAO protests where people have not been realistic and not been reasonable in their projections. They're still using two and a half percent escalation in a market that is way beyond that. That's not reasonable, okay? And so I've seen three RFPs in the last year that say if you are not bidding at least X, let's call it 4% just for argument's sake, um, then you are not being realistic. So escalation is very important to get grounded about, okay? And you're not plucking a number out of the air. You're doing some research. You're doing some bona fide justification of that. You're finding out what is the going rate right now. Um, And in my book, I talk about places where you could buy that information and other places you can get it for free. Another one, you must do this every time, must do this one every time called impacting your G&A rate. If you're going after new business, you are increasing the base. That means that you have the ability to lower your G&A rate and improve your winning. Now, yes, technically it's an indirect rate, but it's not the same old indirect rate that you're always using, okay? That's an important piece of the uh, equation. Another one that I love to use, Teresa, the third one that I like to say is get realistic with direct labor salaries. Don't just say, well, I think it's about, oh, let me see here. It's about uh, an $80,000 position. No, go get real data. And I don't mean go to salary.com, although that is a source. You know, go to see what history has, go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Find out what salaries are going for. Go to GSA. See what your competitors are doing. Do some real homework. Don't just dream about what the rate ought to be. While salary.com is what people are wishing to hire, you know, for a position, mm-hmm. it certainly is one benchmark, but it shouldn't be your only benchmark, Teresa. So those are three top ones that I like a lot. Right. And it's so important. I've heard other resources that I do business with that the whole aspect of the costs incurred on doing business with the federal government has changed so rapidly because of things like inflation, right? Um, Good news is inflation hasn't terribly affected the way that we pay people, unfortunately, for those of us who get a paycheck. But I think that it has been reflective in everything that goes into every other aspect of it. So you need to have someone looking at those things for you, especially with regard to GSA schedules. They are so specific. You get locked in on your pricing with them. Lots of people don't understand that. If you tell them that this is the price that you're paying or you're doing business at, they're going to lock you in at that. Right. And if you're not making any money, That means whatever you get from that point forward, you're locked in at that rate that you just assigned yourself to. And then could have all kinds of issues if you start trying to do business elsewhere and it doesn't line up with it. And I I know this, thankfully, because I've got a partner that handles things like this because Lord knows it would make my head spin. But regulatory wise, this is essential to have someone like you helping them because not only could they be pricing themselves out of actually ever making a profit, but they could put themselves in non-compliance with regulations that are required with doing it properly. Absolutely true. Absolutely true, Teresa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that that's a great segue into the next question that we have. How can government contractors get consistency within their strategic pricing efforts? Well, the first thing that you do is you really must have a process, okay? And it's a process that you follow each and every time you step up to do a bid. Um, in my book, there's a whole chapter developed and, and, and specifically for strategic pricing process. That process should be something that's repeatable. That's something that you do every single time. Um, if you buy the book, you also get access to three important checklists. And one of them is your strategic pricing process checklist. Um, I give you a lot of tools in the book that you can use and that you can employ right away. If you have a strategic pricing process that you use each and every time, no fail, right? Then you are not missing anything. You're not doing something new and different this time that you didn't do last time. You may find, however, as you develop your own process, that there may be things you want to add to the process that you do every single time. Okay. And I mean, consistency is key. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I absolutely. hear you. Absolutely. So if federal contractors want to make their pricing the best it can be, you talk about presenting a strong value proposition in the written portion of the pricing document. Right. What does that business case value pr proposition become? Why is it so important to winning a bid? Okay, let me put it this way. If you don't do this, you're doing just what your competitors are doing. Same thing. You're putting together what I refer to as a cost volume that's called sawdust. If you printed it all out, you can make a lot of sawdust out of it. Okay. And it's dry. It's awful. It doesn't even, it's nothing exciting about it. If you put together an introduction or an executive summary at the beginning that puts your value proposition right up front, and it's not the same thing that you put in the technical volume, it's all about the money. After all, this is a price proposal, right? I want you to monetize the value that you bring to the government. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that so important? Because if you tell the government not only what your bid is, but how much you're going to save them in time, resources, schedule, anything else that you can monetize, and 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 it's not an exact science, okay? It's a it's a it's an, a top level number, and you tell them about it, then you are setting yourself apart from your competition because your competition is not doing this. They right. are doing business narrative as usual, dry and boring. Okay. You got to give the reader and the evaluator and the source selection official something to, to really latch onto and go, wow, this contractor is different. They're telling me by hiring them, we are going to be saving X amount of dollars. Okay. Neither time, money or schedule. And that's important to them. If that's so important to them, then you got to give them the evidence that they need to choose you. That's why. Right. And, and having that contained in it, because we talk a lot about how don't try to reinvent the wheel when it comes to presenting your information to the contracting officer or, or whoever it is that you're trying to solicit your business to, because all too often they try to get too flashy instead of doing exactly what is required in the request for information or request for proposal. And I think that it's you're, the important differentiator that you've just talked about is actually speaking well about your business 
in what is differentiating you from the other competition. And it's not always the cheapest price. And it's not always, um, you know, being able to make your, you know, capability statement pop. It is providing them, they want to look for who's got the best past performance, who's got the best presentation of the way that they're going to do this work and why is that different from everyone else that's thrown their hat into the ring. And so I think what you're leading with is the most important component. Um, there's probably three and that should be at least number one or two is having someone help with you to develop that portion of the plan if you really want to win because you're not going to be very seldomly will you be the only person throwing your hat in. Now, when that happens, congratulations, but you're not going to know it. So you can't go into it anticipating that other people aren't going to want to be a part of it as well. Um, I don't very often talk to people that have won a contract because they were the only ones that set a bid out. So you need to deal with your, your process with thinking that there's going to be multiple other companies competing with you for it. And I think you are a key to helping them separate themselves from the herd. And this is the one place where you can be different than your competition. Because mm -hmm. what you have to say in the value that you bring and you monetize it and you show it, you visualize it, you give them all of the ammunition that they need to choose you, they're going to choose you. Right. It's pretty much as easy as that. And sometimes easy is, uh, you know, the best route, especially if you've got an expert leading the way for you. So I will listen closely. Let's get into the last question that I've got for you. You, you say often that contractors need to get price to win before they bid. What right. is that? And how is it different from strategic pricing? Okay, price to win, let me just make this distinction. Price to win is externally focused. Strategic pricing is internally focused, okay? Price to win is all about getting someone, or if it's in your company, you can do it inside your company. Big companies do this, okay? They have price to win people and they have strategic pricing people. And sometimes they may be the same people, but generally they're not. Because price to win means that you're taking a look at the incumbents. You're taking a look at the competitors, okay? You're, you're trying to say, is it, does it fit in your revenue stream? Um, can you compete effectively? Um, is this the right opportunity for the company? It's also looking at competitive assessment, okay? This is why strategic pricing and price to win are not the same, because competitive assessment means that you are getting information to understand what uh, your competitor is likely to do. It's almost sometimes called uh, um, a financial black hat, okay? You're getting insight into competitive data. Again, it's externally focused. It's focused on the client. It's focused on competition. You could see where that could be um, a conflict of interest. If you have access to competitive data, if I do it for somebody, I have access to competitive data, uh, how are you going to feel about me working on your strategic pricing if I am kind of spilling the beans, shall we put it that mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. about competition? Um, strategic pricing is very internally focused. It's focused on what do we as a company need to do? What is the framework we need to lay down? What are our hot buttons? What are our value propositions? What are the things that we need to decide in terms of risk and profitability for our company. What are the various things that we can pull and tog inside our company in order to make this a win? There's a big, big difference. And um, I really don't like it when people say, well, I do both and I'm a consultant. Ooh, you've got a conflict of interest going. <laughs>
in my opinion. Now, if you're inside a company and you got people doing both of that inside your company, that's not a conflict of interest, okay? Right. Well, market research is, is key. I mean, what you've just said, this is people don't understand what that actually means. And a lot of what you're looking for is public record, especially yeah. if you're looking back on past performance from people who have been on a similar contract or the same contract that's just going out for rebid. What they've done and how they've priced it is public record. And so to your point, you don't want to spill the beans on yourself any sooner than you have to, because your competition is going to have same access to your information as you do to theirs. Right. But if you know how to utilize that information with a partner like your company, then it becomes that fuel that really allows for higher level of engagement because you're coming to the table with across the board. This is how we differentiate ourselves from who you may have already done business with. Um, so I think that that's a big win there, rec you know, highlighting that portion of things. Excellent. Yes. Good, good, good comeback. Theresa. Very good. <laughs> I need to get better at the market research myself, but good news is not a lot of people in my industry do what I do. So um, I separated from myself from the herd a long time ago. I'm not sure if that's the best, but <laughs> it's the way to do it. So, um, well, you know, I, like I said in the beginning, I really do admire you. This is not, you know, blowing smoke. You are an amazing human being. You, you just so happen to be good at what you do as well. And our private chats have really made me love you even more. And so I know that we will continue those, but I really want you to uh, you know, promise that you'll come back because there's so much that you do that we can't cover in, in one sitting. And, and so I think that there's a lot of value that, that I can help bring to my network by having conversations with you. So I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Uh, love it all, all day long. Be happy to come back and talk about more. Believe me, I got a ton inside here. Awesome. And if you'll notice, we are running where you can find uh, Marsha's book, Secrets of Strategic Pricing. Um, I think that it is a must have for everyone that's listening. We will provide you with the link as well when we start publicizing this uh, through all of our platforms. But can't say enough about, you know, hop on Amazon and grab that book. It's, it's flying off the shelves. And so I think it's a, a great read for everyone. But before we head out for today, I always like to ask all of my guests to share some parting words of wisdom for our audience. And I know that, that you've, you've got a knack for the way of putting things. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience some words of advice. I think that one of the things that I say always to, to every single client who is new to me, um, let's start sooner every single time. We never start soon enough. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to admit the ones that I work on repeatedly they're coming to me sooner. I'm thinking about bidding this in about four months. These are the things that we're talking about. What should we do? We lay down some groundwork. We start to work on those things. Um, I give them homework assignments. I've got homework assignments. We go away. We do a few things. We come back. The other thing that I will say is very, very strong, and that is that value proposition, that executive summary, which needs to be separate from the technical proposal, not a repeat of it, it really must speak to the business person who is evaluating your proposal. It really needs to give them the ammunition that they need to choose you. And sometimes, believe me, I have seen in the source selection documents, those words being repeated in the source selection document. Mm. Hey, it doesn't hurt. It's just like when you're in college, right? Your professor wants to hear what you've learned from them. So it's not just 
beneficial to you to do so, but it's beneficial to them to know that their message was received. So, um, you know, reaching out to those people that are in charge of that process and asking them what their goals are and letting them tell you for themselves, is it missable? You're allowed to do that. Yes. Yep. Absolutely true. That's awesome advice. Well, thank you again so thank much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I just like, as you know, I have so much to say on this topic. Hey, that's why I'm going to twist your arm and make you come back again soon. <laughs> Love. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you for your time, for your expertise. I encourage everyone to connect with Marsha on LinkedIn and subscribe to her newsletter and buy her book where she shares amazing information to help you better navigate this industry. If you like what you heard today, we also encourage you to check out our YouTube channel by the same name where you can find our archives and check out all of our past podcasts. This year ahead, we are committed to continuing to bring you the best thought leaders and experts to assist in making this fiscal year your best yet. As always, we appreciate you being here. I'm Teresa Moon, and this is Spilling the Tea on GovCon. Have a great day. Yeah.